Hey, I'm Steve. Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, the finest phototainment in the world. We are an irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like Aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. And listeners out there, you may have astutely noticed there was no Dustin so far in this episode. And that's because Dustin and I have been having a lot of trouble recording, scheduling, all that kind of stuff. So instead, I asked our friend James Kelly from the Photographer's Crack podcast to come on to talk to me today. James, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Is there relationship issues? Are you guys okay? Do you need to talk about it? You know, um, (laughs) Dustin keeps asking me if... I'll go to therapy, and I'm just like, therapy is a sign of a failing relationship, Dustin. So <laughs> it's like if, just if we go up. to therapy, just it's it's just already over, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Very please, much. if you're listening Point at home, up. don't don't take what I just said <laughs> no, <don't. laughs> with any degree of uh, seriousness. Um, I don't believe that at all. But <laughs> oh, wow. Sometimes you say something, and you like instantly realize, like, oh, that was a bad thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time, don't worry. I do all the time. It's, uh, yeah, could have put my foot in it. James, how are you doing over there in Scotland? I'm doing, I'm doing all right, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, what can I do, you know? There's absolutely nothing to do. Spend some quality, loving time with my family and my kids, who I love from the depths of my being. Not really. Mm. Um <laughs> I'm ready to disown them. (laughs) I Um, I had a friend the other day send me a message and he's, he's like a newer father and he was just Mm -hmm. saying, you know, he's got his kid around all the time. He's stuck home because of the coronavirus and he just feels like the best parts of the day are when the kid's asleep. And he's like, I feel like I'm a failure (laughs) as a father. And I was like, nope, nope. That's how we all feel. That is, that's, that's exactly how it is. It's, I mean, we got we got we got two great boys, and you know we have uh, James, same name as me, and we have Silas, and Silas is just like the missing link. He is just. He, you ever watch a cartoon called The Wild Thornberries? You ever watch yes. that Nickelodeon cartoon? Remember, mm-hmm. remember the missing link. So the missing link, the voice mm-hmm. of missing link was Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He does the voice. That is my two-year-old son. He is wild, and. My mum's a childminder. She looks after kids, and and she has this one child who is who is autistic, and he's getting to that point where he needs to start seeing specialist, like seeing someone specialist. And he's getting to this point now where he's jumping on furniture and he's jumping on the tables and he's taken to jumping on the tables. And little Silas was down there, and guess what? He comes home to start doing, jumping up on the tables. But guess what? He also wants to do, jump off the table. And we're talking like dining room table, and he's two, and he wants to jump off it. Whether we're standing there or not, and you know those videos where you see those parents' reactions where they catch them last minute, you know, that's what's happening. So um, he needs some Ritalin or something just to kind of, you know, just <laughs> Have you thought about just letting him fall one time? Just, you know, teach him a real good lesson. <laughs> teach it will, he's got a massive scratch down his nose when he fell off the side of the chair trying to do something, hit the radiator, it didn't even cry. He just got up again and did it again. He's just—he's just wild. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a great kid to watch, but he is that active, active, um, accident-prone child. I think that's probably where it is. So yeah, so I'm—I'm I'm done with my kids. Yeah, I'm, I've gone on. I'm on 15, 15 weeks um, looking after my kids, pretty much full time. Mm-hmm. This week has actually been my first week back to what's meant to be full time work. Um, 
So Iris has finished university now, so she was studying from home. So she was up in her room studying. So I had the kids from nine till five and she's just trying to keep them entertained. I just, oh, it's it's hard work. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I've always known that a stay-at-home mother, it's hard to be a stay-at-home parent. It really is really hard. And I knew that when, when Iris did it, but this is the first time in five years that I've actually had to take proper care of my kids and, and, and I don't like it. <laughs> I want to go back to work. <laughs> Dude, there's no shame in that. that. That's that's what I ended up telling my friend. I was just like, there's there's no shame in being frustrated. It's a super weird time. His kid is like three months old, and it's just like, mm-hmm. that's a hard time to be a parent, period. And then to be a parent trying to work from home and, you know, trying to take care of your three-month-old baby, it's just, that's a lot. It's a lot on anyone. And it's just I like, don't you think, need I don't, a break at some point in time. Oh, definitely. I don't think it's disgusting enough. I don't think being self-employed and parenting is dis- discussed enough um it's it's hard work it really is hard going you know and and it's hard to work you know i have this rule where my door shut don't come in when my door shut i'm in here working mm-hmm. just goes completely out the window i need to get a lock on my door or at least <laughs> uh, ele- electrify the uh the door handle that'll stop them but it is be- being a parent is, is hard work and being a parent with lockdown is insane you know and i think i think if, if anyone said to me, oh, our relationship's been great during lockdown, I am calling a bullshit. Um, I, I think every relationship has had its moments through this lockdown. You know, Iris and I, we very rarely fight. We very rarely argue. But, you know, not not actually, but almost like at each other's throats a little bit. <laughs> so it's, it's going for a run. Okay, I'm going for a dog walk. <laughs> so it's just, you know, just to get out and away from each other. But anyway, how are you doing? You all right? Uh, I'm doing as well as I can be, man. Um, I, I'm feeling it too. I'm, I'm feeling really depressed. This last week was really good. The, uh, Jen and I had two weddings. Well, technically I had two weddings. Jen only had one. Um, so we brought the kids up to my mom's and they stayed with my mom for like five days. And I got to tell you, my mental health needed that so much. So, so much. Imagine I was spiraling. I was just spiraling. Um, it's yeah, it was rough, man. I, I actually, I went to my doctor, um, and he, he diagnosed me as like having a, I think he called it major depressive disorder. So, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's the place I'm in right now, James. Yeah, <laughs> they prescribe you some nice good drug to go with that. Is it? They did. I haven't started taking <laughs> them. <laughs> So I, I learned there's, there's a podcast, there's a book as well, actually. I think the book's probably mm-hmm. probably better by a guy called Rich Roll. I think we've heard of Rich Roll, American guy um, out in California. He went from being like an alcoholic to an ultra runner, Ironman, this sort of stuff. And his book is incredible, absolutely brilliant. And he talks about depression and you know the, he gets a lot of information, research, speaks to doctors and stuff. And one of the things he says is there's so many antidepressant drugs out there that everyone's different. And in order to find the right one for you, you have to try them all and they they just fuck with your body excuse me i'm swearing but they mess with your body and your mind so much and the story he had was and if i get this wrong i do apologize there's a guy in somewhere like india and he worked in uh, a rice field something like mm-hmm. a rice field for example right and something happened and he lost a leg i don't know if he's stood in a mine or something like that or whatever happened he lost a leg and he went to the doctor after getting his leg amputated, rehab, he went to his doctor and he said to his doctor, I'm so depressed, I'm so sad because mm-hmm. I'm back in the in the rice field, my, my limb is cold, it's horrible and it's making me depressed. 
and the doctor prescribed him a cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All things of a cow. And he says, here's your cow, milk your cow, produce milk, sell your sell the milk, don't go back into the into the rice fields. And true enough, he bought a cow, he he produced milk, he made some money, he bought another cow, another cow, another cow. And because he wasn't standing in the freezing cold in the rice fields anymore, that he he basically wasn't depressed anymore. And this is what the doctor is saying. He's, he says, he says it's very easy, especially in America, to prescribe you these drugs mm. because they make a fortune out of it. You know, they make billions out of it. So, you know, if someone's depressed, why are you depressed? Well, I hate my job. We'll find another job. Mm. Let's find you another job. Let's do this or, or whatever. You know, there's there's... there's here in the UK, they're prescribing getting you know into the outdoors. So they're prescribing. The doctors are are telling people to take, giving them a notes to take time off work to go for a hike, go into the outdoors, you know, um, refresh that mind and and um, it's being in the outdoors, getting away from everything, going for a hike, you know, is is the best thing until you fall down and get your arm stuck into a rock and have to cut it off. And that just sucks. But you know, the, you know, that <laughs> turns out all right, though. They make a major motion it. picture about you. You come super yeah. famous. You get to meet all the people you've always wanted to meet in your entire life. And you have the greatest story for parties ever. Yeah. Hey, how'd yeah, you lose your arm, bud? Oh, let me tell <laughs> you. <laughs> have you seen the movie so, 127 I, Hours? I watched half of it and I got so annoyed at him. He deserved everything he got because he was like, I'm sorry, but he wasn't properly prepared. He he was reckless. I mean, that's that's what I felt from the video, the, the movie anyway. And I got mm-hmm. I, as someone who hikes outdoors, you you got to take precautions. To me, he didn't, and you know he paid the 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 um, consequences for it. Which is you know, if you're listening, I'm I'm sorry that happened to you, but you know, natural selection and all that. So. <laughs> The things, things, things are a bit interesting over over across the pond in the states right now, aren't they? I don't, I don't know if the media are just blowing it out, but it's a bit scary over there. It's it's a bit like shit. What what are you what's happening with you guys over there? Is this is this what we're doing? I invite you on my <laughs> podcast, and this is what you want to do. You want to interrogate the USA? <laughs> well, we're doing all right over here. They're saying that we could potentially be COVID free by the end of the summer. How's that going oh, for you? Gosh, gosh, I, I, I am jealous of what it looks like to have leadership, um, <laughs> political leadership. I, I look oh, around I at all know. these other countries, and, uh, you, you know, I'm not saying any other country's perfect when it comes to their politics and their leadership, but except I mean, New Zealand. Uh, well, yeah, maybe New Zealand, but <laughs> you, you look, you look at a place like, uh, you know, the UK, and at first it was like. What did Boris Johnson say? You guys were going to do herd immunity, which was just an mm-hmm. utterly reckless, stupid mm-hmm. idea. And then when he realizes utterly reckless and stupid, stupid, instead of being instead of doubling down on it or saying, I've never made a mistake in my life, we're going to keep doing whatever. Um, he reversed his position. And, uh, you know, think what you want about Boris Johnson. Um, I don't think very nice things about him. I'm not going to lie, but okay. <laughs> that was a great decision for him to make at, at that moment. And now, I mean, you look and Scotland might be COVID free by the end of summer. Uh, by the end of summer, America will be dead. <laughs> We're all going to die from this. So. Thinned out, you know. It yeah. is. It is scary. Like I, I try not to get into too much politics. It's, my mum. My mum is a strong Scottish Nationalist Party, so that mm-hmm. she's all for independence. I'm. I'm not. Um, I, I love Boris. I think he's a legend. I think he is. Um, 
my my cousin's actually quite close to 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 Boris Johnson. I spoke to him a few times about it. And what you see in front, what you see in front of the camera and in the media is not Boris Johnson. It's what you see behind the scenes. And I actually knew one of my brides um, actually worked for him directly when he was mayor of London. And she she said that she says what you see in front of the camera is completely different to what he is behind the scenes. And he is he is hard going. He's a hard worker. And he's you know if you're an idiot he will let you know. But the man's a genius. And the man is a very very clever man. It's just unfortunately his party as as a whole are what you call a bunch of toffs. Um, do I think he's doing good for the country? Yes. Do I think he will do good for this country over the next couple of years? I do think so. But you'll always find negativity. There'll always be someone else that thinks differently. You know, um, I do think the Scottish National Party are doing an okay job here in Scotland. I do think they're they're effing up the schools and the police force a little bit, but everything else mm-hmm. seems to be doing good. Just I hope at the end of this, they're not going to go, right, let's get back onto independence because they ain't going to get it. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's good political thought. We won't talk about your president because, as far as I'm concerned, he he is not Scottish or has any Scottish heritage. To, to, uh, no, just no. His grandmother would be ashamed. As far as I'm concerned, he might not even be human. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe his plan is to wipe us all out. I don't know. I can't say the anything more one way people. or another. <laughs> yeah. it's just the more people. <laughs> no, but it is. When you hear on the news, you just see what's going on. I mean, we're not perfect. There's stupid stuff going on here as well, but it's not publicized as much as I think it is in the States, you know, in the media and, and are pushing mm-hmm. it. But, you know, I do I do look at it and I do really feel sorry for, you know, uh, your American listen, you know, I think the listeners who do listen to this podcast are very similar to possibly the way that you're thinking. You know, you never see any arguments on the Facebook group or that I know of anyway, but, but that's because I, I think, kick them all out. Oh, that's good. Then, that's for good. life, Just and I report them yeah. to Facebook for being a terrible piece of shit, usually. I'm straight, yeah. But it is, it's, it's like, <laughs> you, you know, I've only you ever kicked Facebook one person out of the group. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. But it is, it's, it's, it's a little bit scary, and I do think, I do worry about the future of America, you know, especially if he gets a second term, what's going to happen? COVID, what that's going to cause to people, um, you know, especially the mask fiasco that you guys are going through right now is just insane. Like, wear a freaking mask. It's common sense. It ain't going to kill you. It's not going to kill As someone says, doctors be have been wearing masks for, you know, hours and hours a day, you know? I wonder what that was on the end of it. I thought, is that a willy warmer? Uh, <laughs> Just, just my mask I carry with me just at all times now in my I back like pocket. It, I like it. <laughs> so but it is, a little but... black mask I bought mm. for weddings. Bought a four pack. Exactly. I now only have one. Don't know where the other three went. You should get it branded with like your 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 company name across it. No. no. Why not? No. Really? Absolutely not. Great advertisement. Then, then, then I'd be like one of those people who wears uh, the the shirts with their name on them. Not that I'm pointing out somebody else who may do this podcast with me normally you know <laughs> yeah but yep. you know so, some people some people have shirts and other mm-hmm. you know pants that have their name on them that's just not my style you know just right i want i want as much as possible to look like a guest on the wedding day yeah yeah, yeah of course that's understandable no i get that i get we, that's we why really i want to get that. like one of the big pronouns it's like my face but it's smiling mm-hmm. so then people are just like <laughs> that's just a normal one of one of us he's a human like like us, you know, he came to this one with a few master. jokes. Had <laughs> <laughs> gimbal in there. <laughs> no, anyway, no. So how, how we showed up in a full leather gimp suit? <laughs> <laughs> what would be the uh, worst thing I've seen? 
Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Going off topic. Uh, we, we should do some follow-up. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, we talked about the whole thing that happened with like the shoot and share and pass community. And just a small bit of follow-up. Um, do you know who Rachel Brink is? The, the law tog? Nope. So it's a pretty big like Facebook photography page slash group slash website here in the U.S. So mm-hmm. she's uh, Rachel Brink. I'm pretty certain she's a lawyer. And then she she talks about like copyright issues and a bunch of other things that um, mm-hmm. photographers might need to know about like the legals. And she also like has um, contracts and different stuff like that that you can buy mm-hmm. and use for your business. Really? Um, and like, yeah, she's super smart and uh, <clears throat> does like a ton of stuff like that to help out photographers. Um but she, as somebody from the UK, probably U.S. law, not <laughs> no, no, not the way that our law's gone right now. That's yeah. so, yeah. But she, uh, she put out this um, um, thing I saw in a few different Facebook groups, not her own, <laughs> but like jumping into other people's Facebook groups. Like uh, this, this screenshot comes from the Fire and Ice Society, which is like uh, 21,000 photographers and they were like big on shoot and share this year and people were complaining they couldn't get their photos taken down and so she just posted something that's like hey look this is how you can actually request that you get the photos taken down and i just thought it was really funny to see another like bigger name in the photography community going around to individual facebook (laughs) and leaving comments about how to get your stuff taken down i was like wow this this person really is uh they they feel pretty strongly about this and i'm right there with them like I quite agree, and it's, it's good. It's good that someone does that. It's good that someone one is out there to help, you know, those people rather than and not charging an absolute fortune for it, you know. And it's it's um, really good. Yeah, we we've had a lot of issues recently with um, with laws. I think we I posted I sent you a message a, uh, a few days ago about this um, about a month and a half ago on what's called BBC Radio Two, which is for like the thirties to. 50 year olds people it's really good music and stuff like this they had someone from our um mark like a competitive marketing department in, of the government they are the ones who who keep an eye on businesses and make sure they're not breaking the law <clears throat> and they were doing a, a specific topic on on weddings um and talking about what's happening with weddings and stuff and helping the general public you know joe blog out who has a wedding and has had to have it cancelled or postponed because of covid19 mm-hmm. and she actually she just she just came straight out with it she goes any monies that you have paid towards a wedding supplier or wedding or wedding venue if your wedding is cancelled or postponed because of covid-19 those suppliers venues and professionals have to refund you 100% of the monies that you paid including deposit Mm-hmm. And she said, there's no such thing as a non-refundable retainer, because that's the word that you're meant to use. It doesn't matter, matter if you have it in contract or whatever. If it goes to what's called, we call small claims court, which is like small um, disputes and stuff like this, they will rule in favor of of the person and not the supplier. So this is freaking out. Like, I mean... So that's, that's, that's where you're at here there in Scotland with, it, <laughs> with the legal Yeah, side. it's like, it's insane. Saying like this just came out because we've always had these contracts and it's legally binding. If a couple break up, that you don't have to refund a deposit. But it's actually turning out that it's true. You do. You know the contract's broken. They if they t- they fight it, 
they have to do it, whether it's COVID-19 or not. So I've been very lucky that that my supply, my couples, I mean, my couples have been amazing. They have all postponed to mm-hmm. next year or the year after um, because of everything that's going on. You know, they have said, do you have a cancellation fee or what, whatever, this sort of stuff. And I'm like, no, just move it. I'm just, I'm biting the bullet, you know, I'll suck it up. Let's let's get on with it rather than charging cancellation fees. And the great press that I've been getting off my couples and recommendations from people because of that, because they've said, you know, James has moved the wedding, no fees, no nothing. That has been great for my reputation. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm hearing from other photographers in our area who are charging like a you know, a cancellation fee or, oh, no, if you cancel your wedding, you've got to pay up front everything. Um, and their and, and their, their reputation is getting put down a toilet because of it, you know. And venues, especially venues, are charging people a cancellation fee. And if they, put, if they postpone to another year, they've got to pay a percentage more. So if they, if they move to next year, they've got to pay an extra 5%. And if they move to the year after, they've got to pay another 10%. And the amount of couples who have come to me almost in tears because they can't get a date next year. So if they move to the year after, they're having to pay 10% more on top Jeez. of their, their wedding, which can be anything up to up to four or five thousand pounds. You know, it's, it's it's a lot of money. So I think I think I, I, I understand from a business point of view that we've got to make money and we're, we're going to lose money out of this. But unfortunately, that's business that does happen. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of got to bite the bullet, suck it up. I've asked my couples if they're willing to pay up to half now and then half next year. Almost everyone's been like, yeah, no problem at all. Actually, why don't we just pay you the full amount? I said, no, because if they break up, you know, if they split up because of COVID-19 and being in lockdown, I have to return whoa, whoa, all the money. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> if they break up because of COVID-19, you can't blame your breakup on the pandemic. Right. No, 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 no. I mean, sorry, if they break up during the lockdown, you know, okay. because, you know, relationships are fractured and this sort of stuff. And they're like, yeah, so we read that because we canceled the wedding or postponed the wedding because of COVID-19. And just to rattle on, I do apologize about this, but here's the, the other great thing. So I had a, a, a fellow videographer phone me. We are doing a wedding together. And he's like, have they been in touch and asked you for a refund? I'm like, uh no <laughs> no so i phoned that it was actually the bride's mom that i'm dealing with which normally you never do you always deal with the bride that and the feels like never flag yeah yeah but the mum's actually the mum's amazing i've known the mum for years her mum's kind of dealing with all the money side of things and I'm, I'm fine with that that's okay so she tells me that she um the venue's basically being it He's being a complete asshole. He's refusing to refund the full money that they paid up front. He's refusing to give them a good date. He wants to give them a, a Tuesday in November or a Tuesday in January. You know what I mean? Wow. Silly dates. And they're farmers, so they can't just do that because, you know, they have to work around seasons and stuff. And she phoned up the the wedding insurance company, a company called John Lewis, who are a great company here in the UK. She phoned them up and said, look, we can't, we can't, changed the venue the venue's been very difficult he's not giving us a refund we're going to claim this off the insurance and and the rest of the wedding because they've shelled out thousands for it so the journalist said yeah no problem at all put your claim in blah 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 blah, blah. from phoning that that phone call and actually um putting the claim form was two weeks because they wanted to just give the venue another chance filled the claims form out the policy had changed in mm-hmm. that two weeks which I don't know how they can do this. Now, the couple have to go back to all the suppliers and ask them to refund the deposits to the to the to the couple. Okay, 
If they don't refund the deposits, they then file a claim with John Lewis. John Lewis will then give all the money back to the, the couple. And then John Lewis will go after the wedding suppliers for the money back. Wow. Now, oh, wow. Oh, shitty. And this this has been happening at the start with the wedding venues who were doing these cancellation fees and stuff. They would give the couple the money and then behind the scenes, they go straight back to the venue and go, give us the money back. You know, so, you know, I said to my mate, I phoned, I, I messaged him after. I said, look, I spoke to the mom. I says, what I would do is because his deposit was higher than mine. It says, I would offer to pay half now if you can and then half later on or pay half now. And she'll probably be fine with that. And then when they rearrange the date of the wedding, they'll book you again and maybe just have to pay you half back. You know, so you're meeting them halfway. So he, I, I think he's going to do I'm hoping he's going to do that because I know that she will she will do that. But. Yeah, the small businesses are royally getting screwed over here because of everything that's going on. The insurance companies, the venues, and now all the venues are talking about hiking their prices up to to cover from the losses that they're making this year, which just screws us even more, you know, so. Oh, yeah, because there, don't you have to, if you're getting married, it has to be at a venue or something like that, right? Mm-mm. No, nope, you can get married anywhere in Scotland. You, you can oh, get okay. married on top of a hill. You can get married under a bridge, whatever you name it. You you can get married in Scotland. Yeah. But nice. most people want a venue. They want a nice venue and have everyone. So, yeah. Yeah. James, I did just see you lift something up to your lips. What are you drinking today, James? Some lovely Spanish Estella Dram warm beer. Tastes like piss. <laughs> I thought about having a whiskey. Nice. But I thought about whiskey, and the whiskey's there, but I just—I don't know. I don't know. I should really. I might halfway through. What are you drinking? What's that? My What's whiskey's that? right there. That's a Yellowstone bourbon. Oh. I know yeah, you don't like bourbon. Really. No, I love bourbon. No, I like bourbon. No, you do. Oh, it's, yeah, oh, yeah. I like I like rye whiskey as well. I like bourbon. I like rye. Mm-hmm. I thought you were only about that Scottish stuff. No. Oh no 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 no. As long as it's not English or Japanese, then we're okay. Oh, come on, man. Suntory Toki? I could drink that all day long. Japanese whiskey is beautiful. You know, most Japanese whiskey is actually made up of Scottish whiskey. I don't care. It's great. (laughs) With a little added Japanese whiskey. (laughs) If they can run a business where they just buy Scottish whiskey, re-bottle it, add a little something to change the flavor a little bit, I'm okay with that. I don't care. They own them. I hate it. Is it... um, Oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but there's there's um, there's a big a big company that own a lot of distillers in Scotland that are actually owned by Japanese, and then they train all their people, brought them back, and then started distilling shit whiskey, and paid off paid off all the uh, off the awards. But to is it name really them. shit whiskey, or is it just that you're upset about how they did that so that they could establish good whiskey? No, no, not at all. Because our whiskey sales are still amazing. We still can't produce enough whiskey. We could triple our our distilling, and we still couldn't produce enough whiskey in Scotland, which is great. So, yeah, I just hate these knockoffs. You know, like when you get these like uh, these vineyards in California that make champagne and call it champagne, but you can't actually legally call it champagne because it's got to be, you know, from Champagne in, in France. Well, they spelled it S-H-A-M-P-A-I-N, <laughs> right? Champagne. champagne. It's the pain you get when you use a sham wine, I guess. I don't know. 
Uh, I'm drinking a Belgian-inspired, American-crafted luxury goods from Taxman Brewing Company. It's a dark ale with raspberries and chocolate rye. And you might be thinking to yourself, that sounds delicious, like some sort of crazy dessert beer. And that's what I was hoping for. And it, it's it's just weak, man. It's not very good. <laughs> Like it doesn't have a strong raspberry flavor. It doesn't have a strong chocolate f- flavor either. It's not even like a strong like. Usually dark ales are you know a little bit thicker. You know and they, this this tastes light. It tastes more like they were trying for a sour and they just messed up and they're like I guess it's a dark. I don't know. You see, you need you need you need proper brewers to come over and show you how to make real beer over there. You know, that's why Brewdog are setting up pretty good in good in America right now. See, what I was hoping for was that this would be like a. I don't know if you've ever done this, but you can get a Young's double chocolate stout for that mm-hmm. beer, right? And then a Lindemann's Frambois. You take mm-hmm. them and you pour, uh, I think it's like half Young's double chocolate stout in a glass, half Lindemann's Frambois, and it makes like this chocolate raspberry beer mm-hmm. then when they mix together that's just utterly delicious, like one of the best things ever. Um, that's what I was hoping this would, you know, mm-hmm. accomplish. And it's just it's just weak. It's just yeah. it's pish. It's pish there. I love that. It's pish. There's nothing worse when you when you when you expect something great of a of a beer or a food and you eat it and it's just like you feel so let down. You yeah. know, it's so so and it takes a lot to 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 kind of rebuild you up. You need to have like a really good meal to to get that. We have that wedding. It's like you know our venues do really good with the food and you go to one particular venue and the food is just utter shit mm-hmm. and it just messes up your whole day like i know it's free and we're so grateful to get it but we work hard for this food and you can't even produce decent food yeah I, jen and i going forward this year because of her whole autoimmune disease and being gluten intolerant as a result of her autoimmune disease mm-hmm. we're making the decision to like bring our own food to weddings this year and it's like oh that's like the one thing we got to look forward to <laughs> I know it's it's insane. I know I I'm being I'm being super healthy um just now and I've been running a lot. I'm getting personal training sessions three times a week, and I'm working with a dietitian right now and it's just changing my life completely. So I I used to be really healthy. I actually trained as a fitness instructor back 17 years ago. I was a qualified fitness instructor and then I found photography and that totally fucked things up. So, uh, <laughs> and I got fat and um, I've been losing a lot of weight with with working it. And you know, it is. It's, it's you know, you learn about what foods work good for you and what what don't. And I'm on what's called like a five two um, program. So I am um, it's a calorie deficit. I have. 2050 calories Monday to Friday and then Saturday Sunday I can have like 1350 and mm. sorry not 2350 so I can then have a pizza or I can have steak or I can have something just with the higher calories and and mm-hmm. not feel about it so you know when weddings when weddings finally if weddings ever finally pick up um that's what we've got to counteract but I've got to go on a basically because the wedding food I'll probably end up going on like a, a four and a half to you know, mm-hmm. a, a five and a half or something like that to one and a half. Can't do math. Uh, when weddings pick up, are weddings picking up at all in Scotland? Are oh. you guys able to shoot anything, even like very small gatherings or elopements or anything like that? They announced that they can do eight people, weddings with mm-hmm. eight people at the moment. And you can have your photographer is counted as one of those eight. Yeah. Uh, the couple but you've got to have two witnesses and the celebrant. So that's the person that can marry. So you can have a celebrant, a priest, a humanist. They don't count as one of those eight people. 
So it's like, well, if they don't count as one of those people, why doesn't why the photographer should then not count as one of those people? And that yeah. makes things a like a lot easier, you know. But but then the it, caterer can't count as one of those eight people, and well, the planner can't count as one of those eight people, and exactly you start you know, going so, down the line. So it is. It's well, that's it. That's probably why they've done it. So I, I do believe that in England they're opening up weddings a little bit more. Um, they've made rules where you you know that you're not allowed to have your reception at night, so you're not allowed singing, dancing. Like sitting down food so it is going to be small intimate weddings i think we call her queen nicola who's the, the first minister of scotland nicola sturgeon we like to, i call her queen nicola just to upset my mum a little bit um <laughs> and um i think she's gonna be really strict so i do not think that you're going to get weddings with i was saying 30 or more people this year but i think it's going to come down to maybe 10 i don't think you're going to have weddings with 10 or more people this year um, and the thing is, everyone's moved their weddings now, and and I think everyone's kind of now preparing for a whole year of no weddings. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this year is a complete and utter write-off. Mm-hmm. Sucks, because next year is going to be mental. See, see, I keep hearing people say, next year is going to be crazy. Next year is going to be just everybody's going to go wild at these weddings because they haven't had weddings in so long. And every time I hear that, my initial thought to that statement is vendors are the only people who feel that way Yeah. because regular people go to weddings. How often? Like when was the last time you were just invited to a wedding not to shoot it? It's like vendors are the only people feeling this like huge crush from like weddings. And it will be mental for us because we're going to be, shooting like crazy i mean i'm just thinking like next year all the reschedules if we want to make money um we need to book more weddings Mm -hmm. and it's just like we're we're gonna have if if we're lucky we'll have like a lot of friday saturday sundays where we're working you know if we're lucky that's what i have (laughs) but not everybody's gonna get that you know we got 44 weddings our spring is so basically from the end of March right through to September is chaos. We've got five in one week. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got three, four triple wedding weekends. So, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, yeah, so that's that's going to be interesting. Um, some have been passed off to my other photographers, so they're going to be kind of doing a few of their own weddings, which is really good. Um, but... I think this this best part of 44 weddings for me next year, which is, you know, almost 20 more than what I would normally do. Um, what I was planning on doing, I was only meant to be doing about 25 weddings um, next year. And I'm really worried it's going to kill it for me. You know, when mm-hmm. you do too much, I yep. really, I'm really, I really think it's going to kill it for me, I think. And I'm kind of already preparing for it. I think in my mind already, I'm thinking... Next year is going to be the last year of doing full-time weddings. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm putting things in place at the moment. Um, I'm, you know, a lot of people are missing weddings. And I, and I, and in some way I do miss weddings, but I don't. I'm really enjoying the fact that they've all been postponed. <laughs> Not having weddings you is know? killing weddings for you. <laughs> it, it is. It, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it, it's, you know, when we're busy, so... You know, we discussed in my podcast, we discussed in your, your podcast previously and um, being on, you know, I've had a struggle with this last two years with with my mental state, with mm-hmm. enjoying what I'm doing. I, I do enjoy it, but I just I just feel I've lost that drive of, of pushing it and trying to get it back and stuff. And then, you know, COVID-19 kicked in and I'm like, oh, there's no weddings. 
so this might be a really good time to go back and restudy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's you know, thinking about doing something else because you have that break. You have that break from that mindset that you don't have to rely on. You're like, do I, do I really enjoy doing weddings? Do I really enjoy doing them? And, and, and the answer is yes. But do I enjoy doing 30 weddings a year? Hell no. Do I want to do 10 weddings a year and up my price a little bit? Yes, I do. And, and and go on to doing something else, you know. So I think that's a plan. I think next year is going to be my last year of 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 mental and we're going to try and save as much money as I can and start working towards a new profession, a new career. But also like oh, I hate saying it, but becoming a weekend warrior, maybe with a, with a photography. Don't don't tell Ross. Oh, I said. oh, a weekend warrior. Weekend warrior. One of those part time photographers. Ugh. <laughs> You know, be worse. but they're the ones with all the money, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> how 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 you find it with you? So you things are picking up with you. Uh, you know, we had two weddings this last week. One I wasn't shooting photos at. I was just live streaming. Mm-hmm. And um, that was stressful and mm-hmm. difficult. Uh, it's been a while since I live streamed anything. Back when I had a video production company, I used to do that every day few months we'd do like live streams for different companies and stuff this is like the first time i've done that outside of doing live streams with dustin for the podcast and oh man i remember why i don't like live streams so much because there's so much pressure and so much stress we i just uh man i it was it was rough specifically the audio with that because I couldn't plug into their soundboard because their audio technician wasn't there at the venue. Um, so they wouldn't let me like, you know, plug in there. They're like, you can plug into a speaker. So I'm like, okay. And I plug into a speaker and, uh, I have a zoom H4N and I have mm-hmm. two pads for it because, you know, you can't go like directly out of a soundboard yeah. or you can't take line level audio into a zoom H4N. Um, it just, it doesn't have that ability. So I have two pads for it. Um, and I split the, the signal coming out of the speaker, um, with like a splitter. So I can like set up one of my audio recordings at like, you know, 10 decibels higher than the other one. So then Mm -hmm. if somebody clips then I have like a backup and so I have everything like that I would typically need and the levels coming out of the speaker, even with my pads turned up to negative 40 decibels, still just too much for the Zoom H4N to handle. Wow. And I was just like, I, I can't, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. So I had to like set up the Zoom pointing at the speaker and just recording with the mics mm-hmm. straight out of the speaker. But then I run into the problem of, I don't have the ability to move the zoom closer to my computer where I'm live streaming. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I don't have a USB cable that's, you know, 50 feet long or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have good audio going to the live stream. I just like as a backup, I brought a blue Yeti mic mm-hmm. um, just in case I had some sort of problem and I had to rely on like the, the computer mics audio. Yeah. And so I use that and that was a little bit better than using like the, the mic built into my laptop, mm-hmm. but it still just wasn't great. Um, you know, there's just a lot of background noise and it was just, mm-hmm. just a super frustrating day. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing worse. And I was just like. I just need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and after the wedding, Jen and I did go and get drinks at the bar across the street that was yeah. open. It was great. We were one of four people in the entire bar. And wow. every single table they had uh they'd put tape across the tables mm-hmm. like like every other table. 
So you couldn't sit close to somebody like you Mm -hmm. had to be six feet away and stuff, which is how a lot of places in America are doing it right now. But specifically like in our area, it seems to be most restaurants we've looked like at or gone to. It's been like they've moved all their tables and like half the tables are stacked in the back. And then like they have like these tables and the restaurants just like barren and empty. Yeah. Uh, so like when we, if we go out, which we did while the kids were up at my mom's, we went out two or three times and it was just like, we wear a mask up until we get seated. Um, mm-hmm. even though that's not a regulation in Indiana, it is in a lot of other States yeah. wear a mask up until we get seated. Then, uh, leave the mask on until like the food or drinks or whatever, come mm-hmm. take your mask yeah. off to eat and stuff. And then you put it back on afterwards because mm-hmm. it's like, why would you yeah. expose yourself more than you need to? And I know, yep. I know a mask doesn't, you know, it's not like foolproof or anything, but if it's just 10% safer, like that's, <sighs> that's good enough for me. I, if I can make myself 10% safer than I'm I could straight. without a mask, why would I do it? I just don't, I don't get it. It's like our, our restaurants are still closed. So as of do, I think it's next week. Um, you can do off fresco so you can go outside. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the bigger places are putting up big marquees and tents and stuff, which you can do and beer gardens will open up, but you're not allowed to go inside. So you're not mm-hmm. allowed to go into the restaurant. So that's all happening. Um, but I don't think people are going to go. I think maybe the first couple of weeks, yeah, everyone's going to go. But I think after that, I don't think you're going to get people. I think people are going to be too scared. I think there's too many germaphobes out there that are just going to freak out. So you might um, think that, but yeah. as somebody who lives in America, I can tell yeah. you, <laughs> as soon as people are told they can go, they're going to be there. And if there's alcohol served there, they mm. had to shut down in uh, Florida. You're not allowed to serve alcohol anymore because yeah. if people were going up to like order a beer or something, they couldn't, you know, not give somebody else a hug or talk to them. So they're just like, fine, no beer, no no alcohol service at all yeah. in restaurants anymore in Florida. I think that'll happen in Scotland. You know, we like a drink over here. You know, we've got a bad, bad alcohol problem over here, apparently. Um, and I, I, think, I think when you start introducing the alcohol and, you know, <laughs> your common sense goes straight out the window, it's just going to go, it's crazy. It's, it's just... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see. And now that they're saying that, you know, you can, you you know, a lot of, at the start of it was like, you know, you get COVID-19 once and that's it. And then now they're saying, no, it's it, you can get it multiple times. So that's going to be mm-hmm. be the big issue. Um, my sister and her husband, they're flying back from the Maldives uh, um, in a couple of weeks time and they're freaking out. I mean, they have to go from the Maldives to Doha, Doha to... I think it's Amsterdam and Amsterdam over to, to Aberdeen. And it's just like going through these airports is just stressful. You know, it's going to like 20 odd hours plus of flying and they've got to wear a mask the whole time. They've got to change the mask a few times as well, because that's the yeah. thing. People wear them all the time. They don't work all the time. You know, especially disposable ones, you've got to wear them multiple times. And, yep. you know, like the masks that you have apparently are not actually that foolproof. I know you can get filters and stuff that go in them, yep. but unless I think the surgical masks are supposed to be like up to 70 percent better. Um, but yeah, you're right. And it's just, I mean, we, we there's a, you go to a supermarket and a lot of people wear them here. They don't have to at the moment. Um, public strand, transport, you do. But I think it will come mandatory for supermarkets very, very soon. So and then, you know, you know here we have people going into supermarkets where they require masks, yeah. taking their masks off once they get inside and then yelling and screaming that everybody's a Democrat party pig um, because they oh, want it to yeah. be a political issue instead of, yeah. you know, science. And you could get sick with a disease They they, they want to think that it's the Democratic Party trying to control them. 
when the Republicans are the president in the Senate and uh, there's conservatives in the Supreme Court. And it's just like, I don't understand how the, the party that has more power right now in our country is playing victim all the time. Yeah, I know. You know who's going to fix this, though, don't you? You know who's going to fix all this? A giant meteor heading towards Earth? <laughs> Darwin. Darwin's going to fix this. You know, it's, it is. It's it's natural selection. If if they're going to go in and do like, – look at the guy who, who was leading the marches apparently um, for not wearing masks and sort of stuff, and he got COVID-19. Knowing your luck, he'll still survive, and nothing will happen to him. Um, but it, it's just—I just don't get it. I don't like. I've not heard of anything over here in the UK. I mean, I could be wrong, but I haven't heard any of that over here. People—people people have been re- relatively good at doing what they're told in a in a really good way, you know. Mm-hmm. And as Queen Nicola said as well, she goes, "If everyone obeys the rules, we'll be able to relax things easier. If you don't obey the rules, then you know I'm going to come down hard on you." And and we have a lot of issues with hiking right now. So a lot of, we're not allowed to wild camp. We're not allowed to go camping just yet. That changes next month. But in England, they, they relaxed the laws. But the, a lot of we have the national parks. They're like, uh, no, mm-hmm. we're not opening it up to, to campers. And what's happened is people have gone, been stuck indoors for so long. They're like, let's go camping. So they buy a tent. They get all the gear. They climb a mountain, go camping, realize that it's fucking shitty it's horrible weather they hate it they're absolutely drunk or on drugs and then they leave but they leave all the stuff lying around and we're actually having a major issue of 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 just i want to say littering but it's more than that it's just vandalizing the countryside fires we've had a couple of wildfires because people have just have no common sense and mm-hmm. you know we're about to open up and places that we have the Cairn Gorns, which is one of the first national parks are genuinely really worried about what's going to happen and people are just going to flock there, you know, in, in their tens of thousands. And that's, that's what's scary. That's, that's a little bit worry. And um, people are just mm-hmm. idiots. So, you know, like good old landscape photographers like myself who want to try and get out in a couple of weeks time, we, we can go, but there's just going to be everyone everywhere. So, and then we'll have a second wave towards the end of the year. We will have complete lockdown towards the end of the year. And then that's going to feck up all the weddings for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Doom and bloody gloom. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about something not so depressing. Uh, okay. James, I've been seeing that uh, you've been doing a lot more equine photography. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit about how you got started doing that? So that happened initially back in 2010. Um, never shot, never, oh gosh, I keep saying shoot a horse and people look at me really funny. Never photographed a horse uh, in my life. So you and, murdered the horse before you do the <laughs> photographs or after? Sorry, horse lovers, but horse meat is meant to be really good for you. It's meant to be very lean, uh, quite actually quite healthy for you, and it makes good glue as well. But uh, <laughs> that's the hooves, not the meat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so back in 2010, I got a, a, a friend and client um, emailed me. And he's like, "Look, my missus, um, her horse, um, it's her birthday coming up. Can you get a photograph of, of our horse?" And I was like, "Yeah, no problem at all. We'll do it in a couple of weeks' time." Blah blah blah. And we had the worst snow in decades, and it was the last time we had like a really good dumping of snow. And I came out to this field, and there's the horse. And it's this beautiful chestnut color horse, and it's just lovely. And she's, they're like, "Okay." This is an award-winning dressage horse. Its value is in like fifty, sixty thousand pounds. It's worth a lot of money. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. so we're gonna ask it to run through this like five foot deep snow? <laughs> you know, oh, shit. 
So the the owner has no idea. The girlfriend has no idea that that, that we're doing this. So in the field, it's running around and capturing all these pictures. Totally bluffing. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm photographing it. Blah blah blah. So this was at a place, uh, a livery where they keep the horses and then went away and I sent them the pictures a couple of days later. Absolutely loved it. By the end of the week, I had 62 bookings for horses. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It was mental. And I photographed every horse at that livery and it kind of started to take off. It's never been massive, but I, I when I have free time, I push the horses and stuff. And the, the, the one thing I love, especially in Scotland, about horses is the horse owners have money. Mm-hmm. They have so much money because they have horses, but they don't have money because they spend it on horses. And, you know, I photograph babies, I photograph weddings and families and pets and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah. Baby owners, they don't have a lot of money. No, they don't. No, Jesus, no, no. They just um, take it all away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prams. I mean, you know, if the baby breaks a leg, it's not fifty to $60,000 or pound uh, glue that they're making. It's um, <laughs> it's just a baby with a broken leg. They got to get fixed. And you've got to have insurance over there and pay for it where we don't over here. You know, it's it's crazy. It's, oh. <laughs> oh, every time I have you on, you just want to really, really we, you know, push in on the politics. Kind of going, going off topic, we've been watching, you heard of um, TV series called New Amsterdam? No. No, oh, right. If you like medical drama, it's brilliant. And it basically just, it'll rub salt into the wound of how fucked up your medical system is. Um, coming from someone who has free healthcare, and I know the NHS is not the best, but my God, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, it, it would scare me living in the States. I know you have insurance, but even your insurance you pay a year is, is insane. It's so expensive, yeah. you know? So, anyway, yeah, going back to... Um, horses and <laughs> um, so i, I mean, we could just talk about medical shows have you ever seen house or scrubs love house love scrubs love er Grey's anatomy meh but new amsterdam has definitely been my favorite uh, i think it's very well done very well acted and and it's just it's just makes life of of how bad things are so that's mm-hmm. that's really especially people who don't have money i really feels feel for them um yeah so i started photographing horses and <laughs> i actually pissed off some photographers because couple of months down the line i got asked to do what's called an x-trail event so this is where they're in fields and they're jumping over all these things in fields and stuff and they came out and they're like can you come photograph this event i'm like yeah no problem at all so i basically sat my arse in front of this jump and photographed all these horses jumping over it was mind-numbingly boring okay but every single person spent 50 pound on a print every single so and we're talking like 100 150 people so I went to the organizers afterwards. Why I knew are you her. shooting weddings? Why aren't you yeah, just I doing know, this? Well, there's a reason for that. I, I went to the owner uh, who organized the event. I said, look, I says, why don't you charge the photographers to be here? She said, well, why would we do that? I went, I went I've just made X amount of money. I says, a 50 pound print cost me two pounds. Why do you print. do this to the photographers? Why are right. you doing this? I said, why don't you charge? Like, even if they charged them 50 pounds, I said this to her. I says, why don't you charge the photographer to be 50 quid to be here? Because they don't make money from these events. And, you know, it costs a lot to organize and stuff. And I, she said that. And I says, look, if you charged every photographer that came 50 quid and that's the, the, to be here. And I says, I would pay that. I said, I'd pay 150 quid to be here after the money I made. Well, a few weeks later, didn't I get the shittiest emails from some photographers telling me to stay away from events and it's not your area and stick to weddings and stick to photographing your ponies and stuff. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, guys, you're making a killing here and you could give a little bit back. You know, I didn't say to the people, 
hey, you should charge my percentage of their their you know their profit and stuff. But so I, I stayed away from went events. To the photographers and said, <laughs> <laughs> I like. Hey, we're talking shit. to this James Kelly guy, and uh, we got this great idea off of what he said. We're gonna charge all of you a percentage of what you make on the day. Well, that's all what the order go through us now. Yeah, well, that's what school photographers do. You know, when when they go to photograph the the the, the kids, that percentage of the the fee or the the, the amount goes to the school, and they take like twenty five percent. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, so yes, well, I've I done that, that before with schools with videos where it's like yeah. they expect you to if you're doing like a live recording of a dance recital or a choir or something like that, they expect you to pay money back to the school, and I'm like. I'm paying licensing fees for every single song and every parent has an iPhone and with their iPhone, they can shoot a video of just their kid and not all of the kids. Yeah. I'm not going to make any money off this. <laughs> I'm not giving any money back to you no. the school. I'm doing this out of the kindness of my heart, you know? <laughs> yeah, that annoys me. Like I'm doing this because I'm hoping you have some rich parents here and <laughs> hire me to shoot other things. Yes, exactly. You know, um, so it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. And, and you know, we, we had this one horse and I went up to the livery and it was pissing down with rain and we had to do it inside. It was dark. And I was photographing this kind of like really messy white horse, Vasco. His name was Vasco. And the, the owner was crazy. So we photographed the horse and then she says, she goes, could you get some photographs to me in, in a couple of days time? I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll try my best. So. I sent I did a whole gallery, sent it to her like, literally two days later and she phoned. This was like shot on the Monday, delivered them on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. On the Friday morning, she called me in tears and I'm like, wow, oh, what's up? She goes, oh, I just love the photographs. They're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I think they're actually pretty shit. But that's OK. Um, you like them. And she says, oh, I, I had to have. You Vasco. told her the photographs were no, shit. No, 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 no. I thought in my head they were shit. So <laughs> she, she's, she's I just imagine you on the phone. She's like, my horse, I'm assuming, is dying of cancer. And you're like, oh, the photos were shit, though, right? <laughs> well, the thing is, she had the horse put down the day before. <laughs> that she called me and I sent her the pictures and she's in tears. And I says, oh, I says, I'm so the sorry. The finest 50,000 pound glue we've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> she, so she phoned me and she's like, you know, she loves the pictures and she's going to buy this frame and that frame and this. And I'm thinking, cha-ching. I says, oh, I says, I've, I've got some bad news for you. And she went, what? I went, I said, you know, I should have emailed you the day there, but just yesterday my prices went up 100%. <laughs> She just went cry. She went quiet and she burst at laughing. She goes, you're joking. I'm like, yeah, I'm joking. And um, yeah, I'm so lucky I got away with that. <laughs> but she still I, spent. She I still spent that breaking really bad. <laughs> Can you imagine how much more you would have done in sales if you hadn't made that joke? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not talking topic. right now because you might have just been like, I'm all horses from here on oh, out after that. Huge sale. You made she's millions spent. of dollars on prints of this one horse, but no, you had yeah. to make a joke and you only made like a. I'm, that's my humor, but you know what? The thing is, she'll get a new horse and she'll come back. That's and that's exactly what happened, you know. But she spent two thousand pound on wow. prints and frames with me. I mean, it was amazing. It was so good. But the horsey community. What I love about the horsey community is they they come back every couple of years for photographs, whereas portraits and families here in scotland a family would be lucky if they get the family portrait done every 10 years mm-hmm. you know it's, it's but the horses they're like oh yeah i sold that horse or that horse died i got a new horse can you come out and take pictures yes i can so um that's crazy because so, like here 
it seems like uh, we we do we don't do a ton of family photos because neither Jen nor I likes that. Mm-hmm. But like our few family photo like sessions that we do, those clients mm-hmm. come back every year. Yeah. Usually yeah. same time every year because they want like pictures mm-hmm. of like the kids growing up and stuff yeah. like that and how the family's changing. And you charge like three, four hundred dollars for a photo shoot session. Well, that segue. So we'll come back to the horse in a second, but that segues to a funny story. Um, I think it's funny anyway. So we have a private Facebook group with all the north, the northeast of Scotland photographers, and there's some great photographers in there, and there's just some utter bell ends. And I was having this conversation with another photographer, and we we're talking about these doorstep garden session, mini sessions that everyone's doing, and people here are charging like. 15 pound to come and do a 15 minute session you know and it's mm-hmm. so cheap and they're giving away this and they're giving away 50 percent to, to to charity and i'm just like it's just so stupid and do they call it something cool like pounding the minutes away or something like that yeah, or yeah it's 15 it's, minutes of getting pounded um, yeah pretty much it is it's, it's crazy so we um we understand why people were doing it and and it was the non-portrait photographers that are doing it so it's the wedding photographers it's the the commercial photographers and what was happening is the main portrait photographers who have studios are holding off for doing the family shoots but these mini sessions especially here in scotland have killed portrait family sessions for the summer so this big portrait photographer she was messaging me and she's absolutely fantastic she's a lovely person she's just you know she's going on about how these mini sessions are absolutely killing her business mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if this is something that photographers do they like to have this conversation with me about a problem and then i go into the group and bring this problem up in the group and everyone hates me for it so <laughs> you know? it's hate james as a service uh, yeah, you, well, just I come to J- you should be charging people to do this <laughs> i don't care if you don't like Look, me that's, that's i'm gonna take a pounding in this group which yep. is why this service is now going to cost 50 pounds exactly right <laughs> so i put a post on this group and it was brilliant it was a really long-winded question and it started off we need to discuss pricing Okay, so I've did messages about this before. So we need to discuss pricing. We need to set a standard. There's no standard pricing. So a personal trainer here charges anything between £35 to £50 an hour. Okay, so in in the UK, our portrait sessions range from £10 to £200. There is no consistency. There's no standard. And all the portrait photographers are in this group, whether it be weekend warriors, newbies or whatever, they're all there. And I says, look, wouldn't it be great if we all set a standard? We all come together and go, the minimum pricing that we should be charging for a portrait session is £150. And we all we all agree to do that. We all set a pricing at that. And then you have the ones who will charge more because they're better and more experienced. But what it does is it gives the newbies money. It gives them a good bit of profit where they can then help build their business, you know, and or whatnot. And I was thinking it's a really good post and I'm talking about us all coming together and doing this and doing that and blah, blah, blah. And literally a minute later, the first comment came on and it's a comment. And there's actually a couple of comments from photographers who never comment on anything in this group. You do realize that what you're talking about is classes price fixing and illegal in the, in the UK. And I'm like, what? And then the photographer who'd been email messaging me, emailed me going, yeah, what you've just said is classes price fixing and it's illegal. It's illegal. And she sent me the link. And it turns out that in the UK, it is illegal for one business 
to talk to another business in the same field about their pricing. So mm -hmm. if you're a photographer, I can't say, oh, I charge £150. You should charge £150. That is called a cartel. <laughs> yeah. So it's illegal here. So even though I'm like, I'm like, I had this post underneath it going, look, I'm not talking about price fixing. I'm talking about fixing our industry. And all oh, these photographers were like, oh, we're not comfortable with this being discussed. And I thought, shit, I've got to take this down because someone will screenshot it and send it to the government. And the next thing I get, you know, investigated or whatnot. So I took it down and I put up another post just saying how fucking shitty some people are. And, you know, they've taken it. And then it says, you know, we need to come to a standard pricing point. And um, for another photographer who's actually a copper commented going i didn't see the post but i can tell you right now the people who deal with this sort of thing will not give a crap if a bunch of photographers are trying to fix the industry you know and it just cracks me up that and they were old school photographers the ones that were griping about it and it's just oh, like they're all they're all people who are back in the film age where maybe there were only three or four photographers in a town mm -hmm. and when you start talking about price fixing then it's like the uh the you know the the government hears that and they're like, oh, we got a oligopoly on our hands. You know? <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's insane. But the problem is the photography industry in the UK, especially in Scotland, is screwed at the moment. So if you went back 10 years, even probably 10, 15 years, a wedding photographer would probably charge about three and a half thousand pound. OK, for shooting a wedding. But with every recession that we've had, now we get, when the world has a recession or the UK has a recession, we get it harder because we're oil. So we get it 10 times. Every time we have a recession, the photographers drop their price. And by the time they try to get their price back up, we have another recession. They drop the price down again. So the average cost of a wedding in Scotland is £1,250 for an eight-hour gig. I mean... How, it's how, also, how do you live the, off that? Well, you don't. That's the problem. You've got to do, you know, so many weddings. And this is what drives me nuts when I hear about, you this know. This is why I don't understand why you're not doing more horses. <laughs> you said you said well, you 2,000 pounds now. off of like a, what, yeah. an hour long shoot with a horse? Yeah. You're working eight hours for less money. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And I just I just think. I just think, and I know we're talking about price fixing and it is illegal and this is going to states and I don't particularly care, but here in Scotland, here in the UK, we need to get our act together because we have these newbie photographers who are coming in and going, oh, well, I'll charge a wedding for £500 and give you all the digital oh images. Gosh, you know, I mean, you'll always, you'll have that, but they will, if you're charging three, four, £5,000 for a wedding, those newbie photographers will be charging more or they're going to work really hard to get up to that level. And I just think, like, I mean, I charge 1850 kind of ballpark figure, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, I know I've got to do minimum 30 weddings to support everything, you know, and it's not enough. It's still not enough. Um, but it's, it's, um, I really, I feel for portrait photographers in our area. I think they're really getting screwed. And I think, especially if venues put their prices up, it's going to hit the other suppliers hard. People pay more for a cake than they do a bloody wedding photographer. It's ridiculous. So, wow. That's my rant over. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, the people price can pay more for a cake here than a wedding photographer, but it seems to be very rare that that happens. Yeah. So people pay up to a thousand pounds for a cake. And when you think of all the ingredients and time and even the learning that it goes into make a cake is nothing like a photographer, mm. you know, and I've got a friend who's a cake maker and, you know, she's she makes the most amazing cake. I'm a cake fiend. Oh, I love it. It's like heroin. It's amazing. And um, 
she will easily do between eight and 10 cakes a weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, and she'll charge anything from 400 to a thousand pounds for a cake. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. So yeah, but that's it. So with COVID-19 kind of being shitty and weddings being canceled, I, I, I kind of looked at doing the family portraits and I looked at doing my, my landscape lessons and just people are just not really spending the money. Oh, it'd be um, hard that, to do your landscape lessons too right now. I mean, I well, that's it. can't well, do those. We can, we can. I can take one person out a day. We cannot share a car. We've got to keep a two meter distance, but it's difficult and they don't want to, you know? So um, I think that'll change soon. And I'd like to think maybe the autumn that I'll be able to kind of um, start pushing the landscape stuff a bit more. So I thought, you know what? I love these horses. So I emailed five past clients and said, hey, look, can I come and do a free photo shoot, you know, just to redo my portfolio? They were like, yeah, let's go for it. No, no problem. And um, it's been amazing. Like I got a shot I've been wanting for years, which is, I don't know if you saw the horse with the rain and stuff. But I got the shot with a, a horse and and the rain coming down. And it's outside and we're absolutely soaked and already one of my flashes have blown. And I just got this shot that I love and I've been wanting for years. Um, what, so that's, what happened to your flash? Oh, water got into it. I forgot to put a bag yeah. over it. I know it's just a shitty Godox one, so it's okay. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a pro photo. You no. said the shitty Godox ones. I'm over here using the the Young Nuos. <laughs> oh, I could get a Godox. Crit. That's that's the shit within the shit, you know. Yeah. That's why I bought them. I bought them because they will break. Um, and Nikon don't make flashes anymore, which really annoyed me. But um, I do want to go down the route of pro photo. I love pro photo. I know they're expensive, but you're paying for that customer service, paying for that build, you know, whereas the Godox ones are great, but they don't last. They really don't last long, you know? So, um, yeah, I want to start getting a lot more creative with the horses, but the problem is I don't see it being a sustainable financial, um, especially with all the recessions kicking in and, and, you know, a lot of these women are going to lose their money. Well, yeah, that's it. So they're they're they kept- can't afford their horse photos anymore. <laughs> I only made five billion this year. <laughs> well, it's funny. Oh, I was actually I photographed a great horse um, a couple of weeks ago, and the owner is the educational advisor for Apple. Mm-hmm. So her job is basically to sell Apple equipment to schools, to governments. Oh, are you stuff. sure you should uh, be talking about this? Apple's pretty secretive when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't care, and. Um, <laughs> And, you know, she's just saying they're out the door. Like, she can't keep up. Like, she's just doing – they're doing really well with it because all the government stuff. But, yeah, a lot of it is 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 oil. Um, She was she was really fascinating to talk to, actually. Her, her the, oh, the Apple employees get well looked after, especially on that higher-up side of things. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have shot two weddings for uh, Apple employees, and mm-hmm. um, they were both very, very fun weddings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of them bought bought himself uh, a Tesla like the week before the wedding, just you know, as a gift to himself. He got a promotion, and I was like, "Who buys a who, Tesla? Who buys a new car, and especially a Tesla like the week before their wedding? That's like when you put like the major purchases on hold." I was like, well, "How do I get hired at Apple? <laughs> what yeah, am I, I doing know. wrong?" I'll be a genius. <laughs> You know, work my. Actually, I've got a, a friend. Actually, she is the store manager of the main Apple store in Dubai, <clears throat> and she does pretty well over there. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I mean, I love I love the horses. I, I, it's pushing my creativity. I kind of lost all my creativity with with the weddings. You're so restricted. The horses, you can you can kind of take your time with it um, as long as you let the owners know. But it's good. But do I see it being being long term? No, I really don't. I wish it would. It'd be mm-hmm. great, but I don't see it being long term unless things really take over. So um, you just gotta yeah. you gotta talk to those horse events. <laughs> Tell them that they all need to require people to pay to be there. And then yeah. you're just the only person willing to pay the money to be there. Now you're yeah. making all the money. But they're all canceled. And it looks like they're all going to be canceled for the year, you know? Oh, it's, yeah, it's they're like, events. Damn it. Yeah, they're events. They're all canceled, you know? So, And they're boring. They're pretty boring. I'd rather, I'd rather, I mean, well, I mean, you wouldn't be there. I mean, you'd send an associate. What, what's oh, Louise yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, Louise, I haven't seen her in ages. She's coming around next week. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've put up with her, but um, she says the same about me. But it is. Um, <laughs> hey, Louise, how you doing? Love you, miss you. Um, hugs, kisses. She hates getting a hug. Um, what's I saying? Yeah, but I, I, you know, if if it's done right and you get the right client, the the downside is they do te- tend to take a while to buy photographs, so that needs to be sorted. But two horses would make me more money from than a wedding would. Mm-hmm. So if I can do if I can do like two horses a weekend, I would I would make more money from the weddings, make more money than the wedding. Sorry. So if they pay, so I've got to start limiting galleries. So say galleries are only going to be online for a, a month or two or something like that. So, and I've got to pay off for this bad boy printer. So started using it. So yeah, yeah. I just how's, I just how's it how's the printing your own photos and selling them going for you? Love it, absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Um, I've got I've got a little note to the side saying that I've got to print every two days because if you don't, it cleans the tubes and wastes the ink. But <clears throat> I've just ordered up some A2 um, size paper, which is coming soon. Um, and there's just something about seeing one of your photographs come alive basically by printing it. I, I absolutely love it. Um, Did you have a actually, chance to print anything on your own printer for any of your wedding clients before the whole pandemic hit? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually, st- I actually started, um, I would do a wedding, come home, um, edit some samples, print off some little send by fives and pop them in the post or drop around with them, drive, drive oh, around with them. Oh, that's so good. So yeah. they're actually seeing samples printed before they see them on the computer and, and they would take pictures of it and put it online and that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I've, that's, um, Oh man, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So what I've done is I've um, I've done like a little time lapse. I, I attached the GoPro or the phone onto the end of the printer and I'll print off a wedding picture and then I'll post it to the client without them even knowing. So it's my favorite print sort of thing. And then they're like, oh, we just got a video. And so, and I'll send them the time lapse of it being made. And they're just, they're just an awe of, of it. Um, James, that is like the smartest idea I've heard for mm-hmm. marketing yourself to your own clients. Yeah. Wow. Just send it. Just send it. So what, what I'm going to be doing actually is all the clients who have had pre-wedding shoots but have had to postpone um, because of it. I've actually emailed them all a questionnaire through the wonderful company of uh, Sprout Studio that now do the emails and questionnaires. Mm-hmm. There, um, that asked them what's their favorite picture from from their, their pre-wedding shoot and I'm printing it on a, A2 and I've got this nice little box and it goes in a box and it's sealed up. It's got my sticker in the front of it and I send it to them and just going, just a little note just to say, hey, I know things are really shitty just now. You've had to postpone your wedding, but I thought this might cheer you up. And it's their favorite picture printed, you know, a good size to to, they can then go and get framed, you know. That's super smart. It's cheap. I mean, it costs me two, three pound for the paper and maybe another two, three pound for the ink. 
and then postage. So maybe say, let's say £10 most, but it's the best marketing tool. It really, I'd rather spend mm-hmm. that money than spend money on Facebook advertising, yeah. you know. So um, anyone who is, anyone who likes to print, if you like printing, if you outsource your printing to another printer, I cannot recommend buying your printer enough. It is stressful to get set up, but if you can get in with like a good print uh, paper company, so we have a company here um, in the UK called Photospeed F, um, the PH is spelled F, so the European way of doing it, um, and they've been amazing. You print off your paper, you send it to them, they calibrate your printer and everything for you mm-hmm. um, with the profiles, and it's just awesome. Just just having that feel of things printing, and I've now got other photographers who are, who are paying me to print their pictures. Nice. So, yeah, so I just have to set up a print lab next. You should uh, jump into one of those print lab groups on Facebook and just say that we need to establish a minimum base amount of price. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Actually, we should all be charging this for printing. I heard a hundred. Like your markup should be at least a hundred percent of the cost of the print. So, I mean, the printer was a thousand pound. Ink cartridges are five hundred pound for a full set. A sheet of. 25 pieces of really good quality fine art paper is about 176 pound mm-hmm. so it, it works out something like an a1 piece of paper will probably cost you between 10 and 12 pound but if i went that to professional printers to get that done i'd be 30 40 pound for that yeah so the markup that they're making is insane you know so it's worth it it really is worth it. and canon i can i mean I, I it took me about a year to decide between Epson and Canon and eventually I went with, with Canon, but apparently Epson have the better black and white, but you waste more ink and blah 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 blah. So I need to buy a bigger printer now. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna I wanna get I wanna reach up to the sixty inch. I like a good sixty inch. Are you going back to university to start a print lab? Is that is that no. what you're going back to university for? Is this, why are you going back to university? You should be starting a print lab. That is what it sounds so, like. So so I so just just it's not university. That's for clever people. Okay. I'm going back to what is our college, which is mm-hmm. before university. So we have high school, but if you do really shit in high school, you go to college, and if you then go college, then go to high school. Um. Or if you're doing something with like engineering or craft, you go to college. So I'm actually going back to study health, fitness, and exercise. I'm going back to redo the course I did 17 years ago. So um, I've been obsessed with with my nutrition and, and dieting and, and exercise for years and running especially. But in the last six months, it's just amplified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with everything being really shit right now... <laughs> It's like, let's go back to study. It's three days a week, and that's full-time studying. It's three days a week. When I was at college, it was five days a week. Um, You know, I'm in a position where I could shoot a couple of horses at weekend, spend one day editing in emails, and then the rest could be studying. And, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually down the route, I will will always still have photography, but I will end up going back to being a weekend warrior. Um, Well, plus, if you wanted to get more into, like, shooting models and stuff, going back to your fitness classes might be a good way to meet some. Well, no. No, 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 no. You think about it. If I'm doing 10 to 15 weddings a year Mm -hmm. and I go see the couple and, you know, I have a good conversation. I really get to know my couples and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll book you for the wedding. I'm brilliant. So I know you could do with losing a few pounds. Here's my... (laughs) Here's my fitness. Are you sign up with me 
we'll do between now and your wedding we'll do these courses i'll work your nutrition i will get you thin <laughs> let's not stop it there you could also the other way just be like hey i'm gonna get you thin and we're gonna find you a mate and then i'm gonna shoot your wedding you know <laughs> yeah. whatever you gotta do I love oh, gosh, it. Gosh, that sounds no. so horrible, though. <laughs> it does sound really horrible. But no, but the idea is a lot of couples, they go and do boot camps and they, they do do work on the nutrition. Oh, and that's fitness. a huge so, thing in America, too, is people yeah. trying to lose weight before their weddings. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it, you know, and obesity rates in, in the UK, especially in Scotland, is, is getting is getting to the point of almost like the States. <laughs> America levels of obesity? American levels, yes. Oh. Uh, I didn't want to say, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, you can say it, you know, just keep yeah. keep uh, shoveling that, that yep. crap our way. We deserve so, it. So... It, it, it's also something else. It's something else. And the idea is it'll then take the pressure off my photography so I can then find that love of doing it again. And, you know, we, we plan to move away in about four years time up to, to the Faroe Islands where Iris is from. And, and I can't be a full-time photographer up there, but they are massive into the health and fitness. Mm. So, so, you know, I'd end up doing, doing it through there. You have to go back to school in the Faroes though to be a fitness person there as well. I don't think how so. They, looked, how does that work licensing it, wise? Well, it's very different. It's, it's weird because we don't think so. If it do, it might be a case of doing a course in Copenhagen. Um, the, the funny thing is like Iris is studying to be a midwife and, and the UK and even actually the university she's at is one of the best in the world for, for this study. And when she's qualified at university, she can, she can work anywhere in the world with her mm -hmm. degree except for the Nordic countries, which is, you know, um, Sweden, Denmark, yeah. Norway, Faroe Islands. So <laughs> why are you moving to the Faroes? Because <laughs> the place is amazing. Um, got great whale meat. Um, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so she might have to go and do a four-year degree and then might have to go to Copenhagen and work in, in, in studying Copenhagen for a year. So I need something that's transferable. And I think I, I don't want to be doing something full time. I don't want to do the fitness full time. I don't want to do photography full time. I want to basically jump back and forward. So mm -hmm. that is, that's the plan. And, and it's just learning something new um, just to kind of refresh the brain because I just did my personal statement and it really, it, it, it kind of made me realize just how dumb I am. <laughs> just like holy shit dude, you know nothing you know because mm -hmm. all you've done is photography for so long you haven't really worked on a on a different area you don't really know much so you know i'm excited to to learn something and, and have something to fall back on and i've got the time to do it so i might as well might as well do it you know yeah yeah you should you should go back and study for fitness no just anything no just anything well just anything what would you go, 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 do, go and do politics Oh gosh! <laughs> no. uh, I think I, I think the thing I'm yeah, most more. qualified for, and I should go back to study, would be the the, the podcasting stuff, right? <laughs> Finally, get the audio good for Dustin. You can go and teach it. You know, go back and <laughs> become a teacher. Wow! No, thank you. Soul destroying. No. Uh, yes. Sorry for those teachers. No, Ross hates uh, it. <laughs> the no, soul destroying thing is when you have to do the, all the uh, creepy Facebook ads that target people, and um, you specifically use predatory tactics to make them like fearful for their well-being or you know, their financial well-being and stuff and yeah. say, well, if you don't, if you don't book me, you're not going to, and it's like, ah, oh, sorry. I've been seeing a lot of that recently. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not a fan. Um, we should, we should do some Q and A. We've been talking &A. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It happens with me. It's all good. <laughs> Let's do some Q and A. But, but Steve. 
Um, first up, Aldrick Mints from our very, I said that wrong, Aldrick Mints from our very own Facebook group. I've never had anybody call off a wedding until today. They already paid a 50% retainer, but they are pleading for a refund. How have you guys dealt with this in the past? Well, mate, if you're in the UK, you got to refund them. It's <laughs> not asking about what you're doing now. He said, what did you do in the past before? What did you do in the past? No, I didn't. Um, you know what I did? I, I called my couple and, I, and, and you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry it's happened. Um, and then what I say to him, I says, look, I, I, under the contract, binding contract, I can't refund you. I, I, should, I don't have to refund you. But what I will do is I will go on to social media and I'll say, I now have this date available if anyone's you're free you know book it and if they book then i'll refund you the retainer that you originally mm -hmm. paid that's that's what i've done um it scares me these people who do 50 percent retainers i don't know if you do that um i've heard it's relatively big in in, in the states i know here in the uk it's changing a little bit a lot of people used to charge 50 percent i think charging 50 percent is a major financial strain on the couple mm -hmm. um because they've paid you 50%, they, they're more likely to take it further, whether they take it to court or just, you know, a lawyer. And, you know, your contract has to be airtight for that. Um, you could also turn and say, look, how about I, re I re repay you 20, um, half of that 50% retainer, so 25% of that retainer. Uh, and if someone books, I'll return the other 25%. Um, mm -hmm meet them halfway you know you never know that the yeah they they could have split up and that guy he he finds another girl and you know he goes to plan his wedding for there and like oh you know that photographer was really good when we cancelled this book him <laughs> you know i don't think that would happen but personally i think i think you know if you want to be in the business mind you can turn and say no i'm sorry under contract don't refund it or you can meet them halfway by saying you know if i rebook the date we'll give you it back or you could go down the route, I'll give you 25% now mm. and then 25% later on. But that's that's how I do it because I have a heart, compassion. Yeah, yeah. Jen and I have always just said, screw you. It's a 50% retainer. It's our money now, baby. It's only ever happened twice to me. So. <laughs> uh, we usually try to work with them and we try to offer them something else. Like, hey, uh, we could do you know, some sort of shoot for you for whatever, or especially if we've already done an engagement shoot, we're not going to refund the full 50% retainer. It would be like, we would maybe refund everything over, you know, what they'd already paid. But, uh, there's only been like one or two times where it's just been like a hard no from us. Yeah. And, um, that's just been because they like waited until a month before the wedding to call it off. And then we found out, oh, it had actually been off for like three months already. And it's like, we can't okay. rebook that date now, you know, so well, stuff like that plays into it too. But yeah, I mean, yeah. for the most part, if we could refund everybody's money who cancels, we would just because mm -hmm. that's what we would want to happen to us. It's just we yeah. can't always do that. Yeah, no, it's understandable. We have we have a clause. Um, we have percentages. So if they book like a month before the wedding, they're still they're they're liable for the whole amount. They mm -hmm. still got to pay the remaining amount. Um, but I yeah no, I understand. And this is where I think the fifty percent. If if you charge like for instance, we charge a two hundred and fifty pound retainer. Psh, that's nothing. They're like you know just keep it, and you just got paid two hundred fifty quid to do nothing. You know, so it's um. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm very uneasy about the whole fifty percent retainer. Yeah, uh, 
one thing I've heard some people talking about recently is that they do like a 33% retainer mm-hmm. and then like halfway between when they book and when the wedding is, they charge like another 33%. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the wedding, they charge like a week or a month before the wedding, the final amount is due. Yeah. And I've heard people doing this just because it spreads out when you get the money. Mm-hmm. So then if you have like a lot of weddings in the fall, but not a lot in the spring or in the summer or something like that, like you're still getting money in those time yeah. periods so that you're not hard up for cash and yeah. like trying to like figure out how to do things. Um, yeah. The only problem I've ever I, I see with that is a lot of people just don't end up paying until the wedding, even when yeah. I've heard people have that stuff in where it's like you have to pay, you know, three months out or whatever. It's still like, nah, we're not going to do that until the actual wedding gets here. And what can yeah. you really do at that point? I mean, if you fire them, you lose all the money. So. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a nice little it's a nice little notion to have that, and people might like that, or they might want monthly payments. You know, you can set these things up, but um, venues do that. Venues tend to do that. They they have under contract that you've got to pay it in installments, with the final payment being the day after the wedding. So basically, mm-hmm. if they feck anything up, they're like, "Oh, you just keep the final payment. It's okay." So. Yeah, Jen and I have done payment plans for people. Mm-hmm. Um, if the d- original deposit's too high, like we've allowed them to do like a payment plan so they can pay the deposit over the course of like two or three months. Yeah, and uh, we just let them know that until the full deposit is in, the d- their date's not saved. And so we just, we just say like if somebody contacts us between now and whenever you pay in full, like we'll give you a heads up and let you know. Mm-hmm. Like we would never just cancel on you. And it's like, but if we did end up booking, we would refund whatever money you'd pay to us so far. Yeah. But luckily, that's uh, that's never happened um, when, when we've done something <laughs> like that. We've gotten contacts. And then when we contacted our client and said, hey, somebody else is interested in your date, they're like, we have the rest of the money now, amazingly. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, even if they have the rest of the money, I don't – that would be bad for the business to like <laughs> – with somebody i don't think we'd ever actually do it it's more of a way of like how can we speed things up a little bit i think yeah um like i said we've never actually had to enforce any of that stuff so um that's always great but yeah 50 percent is really high when jen Mm -hmm. and i first started doing uh retainers it was 50 percent, and then when we got over 2000 because we started out under 2000 when we were first shooting weddings um when we got over 2000 it was like we only require a thousand dollar deposit now Mm -hmm. and like so now i mean i think the lowest wedding package you can get with us starts with one of our associate photographers and that's still a thousand dollar deposit but like Mm -hmm. if you're using me or jen to shoot your wedding as opposed to an associate photographer you're you're only paying maybe like uh somewhere between a third and a fourth of like Mm -hmm. the actual cost yeah. But we just found like a thousand dollars is good because it kind of weeds out the people who aren't serious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Cool beans. Uh, Caesarea. Can you read that one? Do you, do you have the Caesarea? 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 Cassandra? Uh, Cassandra. It's kind of like Caesar Caesarea? with like an Area. EA at the end. Yeah. But like Caesarea. not Caesar is spelled the normal Caesarea? way. Love it. Thoughts on referring client to someone else where they're not pretty enough for your portfolio? Not asking about myself. Edited to add, I'm asking this because a local f- photographer referred me a bunch of people and then was apparently bragging that they were too ugly for her portfolio <laughs> to another one of our friends, and she was able to avoid them by shoving them off on me. I wasn't sure if it was 
common practice to curate your portfolio by declining to shoot clients? I think some of the big, you know, the big forty, fifty thousand dollar photographers do this. Like, yeah, you can book me. Can you send me a photograph of you first, just to be on the safe side, you know? Um, I yeah, that 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 that's just shitty. That's just really shit. I mean, there's nothing worse when someone has like a great portfolio of like really good looking couples. You know that they vet their couples first, you know, on visually. And I, I don't agree with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Your, your job as a photographer and makeup artist is to you know is is for that bride and groom to just feel great you know on the wedding day they feel like a million dollars you know not that it really matters if they don't you know but um i think that's really shitty yeah i've heard about photographers doing this and every time i've heard about a photographer doing this it's always because somebody found out they were doing it and then talked about it on facebook or somewhere else their clients found out or somebody else found out and then like their business blows up. Yeah. I don't think yeah. this is ever a good idea to uh, to do. And honestly, like, can you imagine if you went in someplace and you were denied service because you weren't good looking enough? Like, what a Mm-mm. what a shitty shitty thing to do to somebody else. Like, I could just imagine the email. Hi, you know, hi Jen and Steve. Thank you very much for inquiring about my your wedding photography in this date. I had a little peek at your Facebook profiles, and to be brutally honest, you're a bit ugly. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to recommend you to this photographer. Okay, and and they'll be able to photograph you. They're really good with lighting. <laughs> oh, that's just horrible. I think that part that person will go, to go. That's just just karma, just karma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's just... a car accident. Have a messed up face afterwards or something. It's a bit harsh. <laughs> Or they'll just live on and have an ugly inside for the rest of their life. And nobody will ever truly like them because they'll just like their physical appearance and hate who they are on the inside because they're a terrible person inside. You know, I I, I love nothing more when 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 you have a when you have a a bride or grooms more so than say the brides that that are not that confident in themselves or who, who maybe don't normally put that much effort into into their appearance or how they are. But on the wedding day, they have the hair, the makeup, and they come to you with a photograph just saying how it boosts their confidence and how they, they love how they look. And, and, and I think that's – that a, a photographer being able to do that is a good photographer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Good. Jenna from a random Facebook group says, hey, everyone, I have a 2021 couple wanting to switch their wedding to 2022. My COVID policy includes rescheduling 2020 weddings with no additional retainer or fee. But since I haven't encountered any 2021s who want to reschedule until now, I'm not really sure what to do. How do I impose a fee without having anything like that in my contract? If I require them to make a new retainer, does that go towards the balance like the first one? I'm not sure how to proceed legally, and I would love some help creating a good response to this email. The email was, hi, Jenna. Unfortunately, we've had to postpone our wedding due to COVID so my grandparents can come. The new date will be Sunday, January 16, 2022. We'd love to still have you as our photographer. Is it possible to adjust the contract to the new wedding date? Just do it. I, I know I know what they're trying to say, and I understand what they're trying to do, and and – but if it's just that one person who's moving to a January date, I mean, how often do you do weddings in January? So think of the income that's going to be. Yeah, well, think about the income that's going to come in just in time for Christmas of of that wedding, you know. Um, 
And again, this goes down to your reputation. You can turn around and say to that person, you know, yeah, you got to move it, but we're going to have to charge your fee for doing it. And they're going to be a bit nah about having to pay that fee. Or you could say, hey, look, I understand these things happen. It doesn't happen often. So what we'll do is we'll just we'll just let this one slide, move it over. That would be phenomenal for your reputation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it's worth it. I think it's it's worth that you, you don't want your clients to take advantage of you, but at the same time, doing that little good deed, especially if it doesn't often happen, I think it's worth worthwhile for your reputation. But also, they did say, is it possible to adjust the contract to the new wedding date? This gives you ample opportunity to throw something into your contract that includes rescheduling fee. What you could turn around and say is, you know, rather than doing a rescheduling fee, you could turn around and say, look, you know, my prices were due to increase that year, whether it's a certain percentage. Mm -hmm. Would you you be okay with, with paying that extra percentage that would normally come with that? You know, so you could work it that way. I just think as soon as you say cancellation fee or whatever, I think it's very negative. And I think wording it into say that my prices were due to increase that that percentage. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it for you then. Um, yeah. How about this? It's great if you want to switch your wedding date to a year from now. Um, just so you know, I have a super happy positive fee. I apply every <laughs> changes by another year. Does that make yeah. it better? Yeah, I think that makes it great, you know. But but I th- I think that's a nice. <laughs> I think it's just a great way of doing it. I just think cancellation fee or you know rescheduling fee. It's just I just right now I just think it's really negative. I just I think if you play in the heartstrings to say. You know, I don't increase my prices often, but I was due to increase them that year. It is by this percentage. And if you say the percentage was meant to be 10% and you say, but you, could you pay the 5% increase? You're getting a little bit something and you're working halfway with a couple, I think. I think it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. You could always also just say something like, hey, typically you would lose your retainer um, if you reschedule to another <laughs> year. Um but since this is COVID related or something, I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. let them know that it's putting you in a bad yeah. place. Yeah, um, definitely. And, you know, maybe maybe leave it open ended. Just be like, it would be great if there's something you could do to make this worth my while. <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. Play on the heartstrings in a really, really nice way. Play on the heartstrings. I was um, depending on that to pay my mortgage and to feed yeah, my children that month. Um, I had it. I, I had a I had a wedding album. That so I use Queensbury for my wedding albums, which are phenomenal albums, but holy shit, they're expensive. And um, I don't know what I was just in a bad place at the time. It was just before Christmas, and I sent the album away to get printed. They just they picked it and stuff, and I, I just I royally fucked up. Is probably the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. They got the album and it went straight to them, and they opened it up and they emailed me. They're going, yeah, this is not the album we ordered. I said, what I went, no, this is not the leather choices. This is not this. The photographs are all out of sync. And I thought, what have I done wrong? So I had to have the whole album reprinted at £1,200. It cost me to reprint this whole wedding album and two family books. I know. So it was all done. It came to the client and I says, look, I emailed them. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I says, the album you had in your package was this price. And the album that you've gone for is is this price. And I know I messed up. I know I, I, I got it wrong. You've had to wait like six months for this wedding album because of COVID didn't really help. Mm-hmm. You were due to pay this price difference, but I'd be willing to meet you halfway and just charge you what the printers charged me, which is this amount. Would you be okay on that? 
you know, and explained that the situation, money's not coming in, weddings are stopped, playing on his heart strings. And I, I basically got an email back going, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we don't want to pay that. And we haven't, we now have the wedding album. You fucked up. You know, we feel that this, what was it? We feel that this, um, what you're trying to charge us is probably to cover the cost of having it reprinted. And it was, I was even back going, okay, I understand. I'm sorry. I just want to ask, but just to let you know that the album cost this amount to reprint, <laughs> never heard back from them. So, um, yeah, playing the heartstrings as best as you can. You know, and meet them halfway. I just know it might not work. <laughs> yeah, but you tried, and if it doesn't work, then just shoot the shit out of their wedding and don't enjoy it. <laughs> Fuck you guys! I'm not airbrushing you. I'm giving you squinty eyes. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Thank you so much for recording with me here today, James. And uh, thanks to all the listeners for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And while you're at it, leave a five-star review for the Photographer's Crack podcast, which mm-hmm. James does with his friend Ross. Friend? Friend? Uh, acquaintance. <laughs> We've got a great <laughs> podcast coming up. A great podcast with an yeah. awesome guest coming oh, next Come week. on. G- give me a tease. Come on. Nope. No, I ain't told. Ross at recording. I'm actually don't even think I'm going to invite him for this one. It's didn't a big deal. Tell Ross like, your podcasting partner. I'm 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 podcasting with someone next week. I haven't told them yet, and this person is pretty big deal for me. So I'm looking looking forward. Oh, to this. you got Chase Jarvis? <laughs> no, I in my opinion, I think better. Yeah, I mean Chase Jarvis ace, but he doesn't really do that much pictures nowadays, does he? But um, no, this 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 photographer is is in my eyes a legend. Yeah, I'm coming back on your podcast. You just didn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. No, no. Uh, If you guys out there want to connect, we're at Wedding Photo Hangover, or you can find Photographers Crack Podcast at what? Photographers Crack Podcast. Nice. Uh, Dustin is at Dustin underscore McKibben. I don't know why I have to read that off because he's not here. I'm at Stephen Van Elk, and you can find James at on Instagram James Kelly underscore photo. Just type in James Kelly Photography. It'll come up anywhere. Do you have like eight accounts though? Isn't there like a James yes. Kelly something else? So I have I have a James Kelly for my wedding and equine work, and I was actually thinking about setting up another one just for the equine. <laughs> I can't be done with that. Then we have uh, just James K, which is my landscape work. So on Facebook and and Instagram, just J U S T James K, and then I have my personal one, which is all my running and me trying to you know, stop being a fat bastard is uh, fair done in. Um, so if you're fair done in, it means you're that you're really tired. You're really done in really so fair, like Scottish fair done in. Um, so that's kind of my personal one. And then we have the top first crack one as well. That's way too much to manage. Yeah. Well, no, I've got, I've got the software later.com, which does all our scheduling and I can do all the different accounts through that. So still way too much. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it really is. If you're listening out there, we have an awesome Facebook group you should join. Just search for Wedding Hangover. James and Ross have an awesome Facebook group, too, at uh, Photographer's Crack Podcast Group. Is that what it's called, or is it just Photographer's Crack Podcast? Just type in Photographer's Crack Podcast. And if you want even more content, you can head on over to the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash WPH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next week after you shoot another wedding. Unless you're in Scotland. <laughs> Unless you're in Scotland. James, uh, before you go real quick, um, uh-huh. do you have anything you'd recommend to the listeners? 
In what, what way? What have you been doing? Uh, what What have you been up to? Any right. any good TV shows, good books, good podcasts, oh, good so radio? TV, I've been watching this great medical drama called New Amsterdam. It's really <laughs> it really really uh, advertises just how shit the, the 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 healthcare system is in America. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I, I, I'm I'm not happy with the uh, healthcare system here in America either. Um, I don't like yeah. paying over a thousand dollars a month for you know insurance, health insurance for me, my wife, and my kids. I really feel for you. I really do do feel for you for that. Um, we had a, we had a great actually drama um, called Normal People that was done by the BBC recently. It was really good. It was set in Southern Ireland. Um, to it was nothing exciting, but just the acting and the storyline was really good. And there was quite a bit of nudity in it as well, which was fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, There's nothing really exciting about it, though. Don't worry. No, no, it really wasn't. No, it's, it's very rare you see a cock shot in, especially with the BBC. Oh, my God. I know, I know. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I, remember, I remember watching it and uh, looking over to Iris, and Iris looked at me and I went, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So uh, that was interesting. Um, what have I been watching? So I've been catching up on a lot of podcasts um, in terms of the running side of it. And we've got a, a great podcast and video called The Ginger Runner. Um, it's mm-hmm. really good. Um, Is that your guest on your podcast next no, week? No, no, it's no. not. That would be okay. great because he, he makes really good running films. So that's it. So um, Ginger Runner is really good. Billy Yang is really good. Um, cannot recommend Rich Roll enough. It's good. His book's amazing. TV programs. I don't know what we, I'm trying to think. I'm really, but I've got a massive 55 inch. Well, not massive for me, but 55 inch TV right up here. And my, I don't look at it. I listen to it. So I watch a lot of programs, but I listen to them. Um, but I can't think what I've been watching now. You, you, anything you've well, been watching? Yeah, uh, we, I'm catching up on Westworld. Love, love Westworld. I've started uh, that. Yet. So good. And um, Jen and I just watched Upload, the show on Amazon, oh, yeah, about I like would... a lot better than I thought it would be. Okay. Well, that'd be good. I, I, I've seen that. I fancy checking that out. That'd be, that'd be really good. Uh, Bosch. Oh, I've got the new new season of Bosch on mm. Amazon Prime. It's really good. Um, I rewatched Billions. Did you watch Billions before? No. I think it's an HBO show. It's really good. Oh, it's British actor. Oh, what's his name? Ginger Guy. He was in the film Dreamcatcher can't remember his name and he's basically this billionaire um trading company and then there's this guy who's like the district attorney who comes after him because of but his his wife lay out the whole plot his wife works for the billionaire and the wife and the the husband are actually into like lots of s&m and all that sort of stuff and really good show really actually i really like we're getting to more like the nudity and sex (laughs) stuff that you love so much yeah 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 so that'd be (laughs) Next time I have you on, I'm just going to be like, are there any good pornos you'd recommend, James? <laughs> what are you into well. these days? Horse stuff? <laughs> like a bit of Animal Farm? No, um, Donkey Show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the film. Um, what was it? Um, not Mall Rats. Um, Jane Silent Bob. Not Jane Silent Bob, but the original one that they first ever did. In the... Clerks, Clerks Two. You ever seen Clerks Two with Donkey Show comes in? That is so good. Um, what I watch? I watched the new um, Bad Boys. That was really. I was better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys film was really good. I haven't uh, seen that one yet. I, was, I, I, I better than I expected. Really, really, really good. 
It looks like it's getting late there. The, the light is all faded from your window. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. It's past my bedtime. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you so much for podcasting with me today slash tonight for you, James. My- and uh, have a great night. Same to you. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. I love Boris. I think he's a legend. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs.